Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Glory to God. I have a word that the Lord has definitely uh, used me this morning to, to minister, I believe, and, and I believe it's from the Lord. Amen. I believe it's ordained by God this morning to preach this word, and I'm, I hope I can wake some of y'all up this morning. Amen. I got a reputation of waking people up, but let's see how it goes this morning. Praise God. I tell you what, it's exciting to be in the house of God, see what God's doing, changing our lives. You know, if it wasn't for God doing something in my life, you know, really, what would life be all about? You know, when you wake up in the morning, if you don't feel the presence of the Lord in your life, I'm telling you, I, I, just, I just hope that everyone would get a dose of the Holy Ghost every single day. Amen? And uh, I, I told the service this morning that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm walking on a bum knee, but... I didn't want to take any painkillers. My wife said, just take one of these 800 IBUTUQRS. I don't know what those things are called. But anyways, take one of these and you'll feel better. I don't want to take one because I don't want to be all over the place. Amen? I'm just going to fight through it here this morning. But I won't be walking around as much as I normally do. Uh, but God's going to, uh, he's going to, he's going to minister to us this morning. Amen? If you have your Bibles, I'd like to minister uh, on the text this morning. Through his poverty, we become rich. Amen? The Bible has a very interesting, let's go ahead and read in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1 through 15. It says, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering of the saints, or to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord, and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that he, that, that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but I am testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, through, that, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. And in this I give advice. It is to your advantage not only to be doing what you began and were desiring to do a year ago, but now you also must complete the doing of it. That is, there was a, a, a readiness to, to desire it, so there also may be a completion out of what you have. And verse 12 says, for, it, or for if there is first a willing mind, it is accepted according to what one has, and not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened. But, but by an, an equality 
that now at this time your abundance may supply their lack, that their abundance also may supply your lack, that there may be equality. In verse 15, as it is written, he who, gathers, who, he who gathered much had nothing left over, and he who gathered little had no lack. Let's pray this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy and your goodness. God, I thank you for the word of God that is ministered in this place. Lord, it's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, Lord. It's not watered down. This is the unadulterated word of God. And, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. Lord, I pray that you open our hearts Open our eyes and our minds, God, to receive this word today, Lord. We're careful to give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to minister on something this morning uh, that is very, it's a powerful subject in the world that we live in today, and, and it's the sin of poverty. And I want to talk about the sin of poverty. I know I've been talking about this for quite some time uh, leading into this message I want to preach. And Pastor, uh, you know, it, it's, it's about time that we preach on, on, on this subject we, we like to preach on it. As Pastor says, you know, every three or four months, we like to give a good message on money. And this is not just money. Uh, you know, when we think of the word poverty or the curse of poverty, we think of only finances. And I want you to know today, that's not the only thing that we're talking about. There's a lot of other things that, that play the part, that go into effect in our lives when we're talking about the sin of poverty. Amen? So poverty involves much more than the amount of money or income that you and I might have in our lives today. Amen? We're talking about a spiritual attitude. We're talking about the way we respond, the way we act, uh, and, and the way we, we, the, you know, uh, our spiritual attitude towards things in life. And many are warped mentally. Many people, they're, 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 uh, there's a lack of character that, that has its effects on families and nations like we see in our country today. There's a, a lot of things that are going on. In many lives, uh, they're impoverished, uh, and it begins in the spirit realm. Amen? It begins there. It begins, uh, there, there is no other thing that hinders the gospel as much as the sin of poverty. Many times we go through life and it's like we want and we want and we desire and all of these things in life that we see other people that they have these things and, and we say, man, that would be so nice to have. You see it in young athletes in today's world where, where they have a role model who's playing a, a professional sport and they say, man, I just I want to be just like him. And they see the money, the cars, uh, you know, they see all the things that come along with fame. But, you know, we're searching in all the wrong directions for uh, a way to please God. Amen. Or, or, or especially for God to be pleased in us. There's no other thing that hinders the gospel as much as this sin of poverty. And God has not created you and I to be in bondage to the spirit of poverty. We need to understand that. It's very important. He did not create us for that reason. He has created man to be blessed and to be a blessing. Can I get an amen? He wants you to be blessed, and he wants you to also be a blessing unto others. But sin causes man and woman to fall short in life. It's the sin in our life. It's the desires. We, maybe we're desiring the wrong things in life, and, and that becomes a sin in our life, and, and it overwhelms and overtakes us. So then the first point I want to talk about this morning is poverty. It is a curse. If we look at poverty uh, from the biblical standpoint, it, it talks about how it can be, it, it's a curse of poverty. Amen? And so I want to minister for just a few moments on this. Uh, the world tries to solve this problem. 
The world tries to fix everything. You know, the more money I make, the more uh, friendships that I have, the wealthier I will be in life. But you know, it's a wrong attitude for us to have because how many know that you can have a a lot of money and still be poor? You can have a, a little bit of money and still be rich. Glory to God. Because it has nothing to do with the monetary, has nothing to do with money in your pocket, uh, but it has everything to do with your appreciation for what God, for what Jesus Christ has done on Calvary's cross for you and I. Amen? To know that Jesus, uh, he pled, he, he shed his blood on Calvary's cross for us so that we could be saved. So that we could have peace of mind, so that we could have uh, an understanding and not just live by the curse of this world. You know, the fast pace, uh, everybody racing to get somewhere. I remember I was telling a story this morning, a, a girl in our church in, in Phoenix, uh, Abby Garcia. Abby Garcia, right? Man, I get Abby and Gabby all confused. But anyways, Abby Garcia, one day we were driving down the highway, and I seen this woman driving down the street, and man, she was racing to go somewhere. It turned out she was going to a restaurant, but I saw her on the highway on I-10, and I'm telling you what, this woman was on two wheels turning the corner. She was going around a curve so fast and racing and and trying to get somewhere that was not even relevant. I mean, we were going to get there at the same time pretty much. You ever notice somebody passing you up, Kadisha, passing you up on the road? I love you, Dish. You ever notice someone on the highway just passing you up and flying by you real fast? And, 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 you know, all of a sudden you get to the stoplight and you look over and the person that just passed you going 100 miles an hour is sitting right next to you. And I'm the type of guy, I don't know about you all, I know you all are reserved and quiet, but I'm the type of guy that rolls the window down and says, Whoa-hoo-hoo! hey, guess what? We made it to the same place at the same time. You didn't beat me where I'm going. I'm going there too. Hallelujah. But wouldn't it be so wonderful we could have that same attitude in the spiritual realm? To say, you know what, I'm going somewhere and I'm going fast and I want to take you with me. Hallelujah. I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus Christ. You know, that's the vision of the church. That's who we are, is to tell somebody. You know, you don't have to have the eloquent words and, and all the proper ways of saying things and how to win somebody to Christ. You know, there's so many programs out there tell you how to build a church. and Well, they didn't tell you that they robbed the church down the street to build their church. You know, you have all these church growth ministries out there. And let me tell you something. I'm all for souls getting saved. I, I know God can save people in, mis- in mysterious ways. He can do a miracle. But you don't build a church by taking 50 people out of a church and putting them in. It's like putting all of our church plants that we just planted and sending 50 people from here for for six months down to that church. Well, of course they're going to have at least 50 people every service. And then what they do is they forget that as they go into these gymnasiums and as they go into these these big rec centers and they, they rent these humongous buildings to build a church, did they even ever stop and think about how many souls they're going to rob from those baby churches that are all around that neighborhood? We don't go into these neighborhoods. We don't proselyte. We preach the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't give you a manual on how to do it other than the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the instruction book that we live by. And it's a simple gospel. It's a simple gospel. So this morning I'm ministering on this. Poverty is a curse. The world tries to solve all the problems, uh, many programs and and, and honorable intent. I I promise you that. There's there's great ideas 
People have great ideas on how to do this and how to do that. But there is far more in life than material resources laid in people's hands. Amen? In spite of all the programs, there is something greater. Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. Oh, praise God. That doesn't mean the poor people down the street. That just means that, that Jesus Christ himself was poor. He, he, he went through it so that we, we don't have to. We look at money. We look at how much we make an hour, and, and we, we, we degrade people, and we look at people. We look down on them because they don't make as much as you or this or that, uh, but it's not even about that. We serve the same God, and he made himself available for us glory to God that means everything you shall do everything you shall hear everything you shall say oh it ought to come from the mind of God glory to God he says the poor you have with you always see he's dealing with the, the facet of human nature that is a facet of man under curse we're dealing with people all over the place go just go to work tomorrow and see how it is see how people are acting You'll see the devil in somebody. Too bad you just couldn't walk up to him and say, good morning, devil. You ever felt that way? I mean, some of our clients, you know, I thank God. I tell my boys, hey, if they mistreat you, you just walk right on out of there. And say, glory to God. May God be with you. Hallelujah. But we, we ain't going to do this. We don't work for the devil. We don't work. Uh, we don't let the devil push us around and boss us and tell us how today is going to be. No, we stand up and we tell the devil, devil, this is what's going to go on today. Jesus uh, has the final answer. Glory to God. Amen. He has the final answer. Amen. See, something working in a man, which is the curse of mind and spirit. It's worked in all of us. Every single one of us. We go through life and, you know, it's very rare that you get somebody that, you know, I'm talking about a, a poverty curse in our life. Where we think we have to live a certain way just because mama and daddy raised us that way. It doesn't have to be that way. You come to church. Listen, I, I don't want you to come to church to see how I praise God and how I worship me and my friends. I want you to come to church so you can get saved and make heaven your home. Amen. That's what we're doing. We're plundering hell and populating heaven. Glory to God. And we will see God. He will, he will be risen. He will lift himself up and manifest his power in our lives. Glory to God. You see, that law is in effect in the human race. In poverty, it means beggarliness, a, desti a destitution, an impoverishment. Something that has transpired in human nature which hinders the force of all life and restricts man from being what God had intended that he or she would be. That's what it is. And so it is, it is a spirit, a spiritual curse that hinders the laws of return. And if we would understand these things, something on the inside that restricts the working of God's blessing or life's nature, what God has, has, has promised for us, amen, and this is a work in the hearts of many of God's people, even in the church. Now I want to look at prosperity for a second. On the other hand, uh, it is a grace in man's spirit uh, that enables him to make the right decisions. Okay, now listen to this. This brings about God's blessing uh, in the certain laws expressed in life. Poverty is, listen to this, poverty is making the wrong decisions that bring consequences of bondage in your life. That's what it is. 
You'll make a decision because of being a, uh, having that curse of poverty in your life that will cause you to make a decision that you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. And, and, and it can be anything. It can be, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm going to do this my way. And God will show you whose way you should have did it. If that's proper English, amen? It has nothing to do with the amount of money that you or I have today. Absolutely nothing. And many times in life, that's what we think it is. We think poverty means I, I don't have any money. I'm poor. I don't have anything. I live trash, uh, trailer trash poor. No, no, no. That's not what poverty is. We need to understand the, the greater scheme of what it is. See, you have a lot of money, and you can have a lot of money, and you can be very poor. And on the other hand, uh, you can have very little money and be very rich. You know, that's a revelation to some people. That I can go through life without money in my pocket and I can be wealthy. That means I could stand on the rooftop and shout it out. Hallelujah. That Jesus Christ is Lord and I don't have to have a pocket full of money just to be somebody in this world today. Don't fall down that path of, of chasing money and letting money control you. You know, I, I, my, my wife's grandfather, he told us one time, he's told the whole family this for years, but he said, if you're giving while you're living, you know where it's going. And he says, if you won't let money stick, God told him this, and he transferred this miracle blessing to all of us in our family, but it said this, if you do not let money stick to your fingers, he says, I'll give you much money. What do you think about that? If you don't let it stick to your fingers, he says, I'll give you much money. You see, now, now that means right there, to me, I'm not chasing money, but I'm doing right with the money that I have. And see, I'm going to tell you this. Uh, a lot of times we give to God according to how we feel, or we give to God according to how the circumstances are in our lives. And God says, no, you need to give me the first fruits of what you earn. Hallelujah. Can I get a big amen? You say, well, the pastor's getting rich on that one. No, I got news for you. The pastors aren't getting rich. Not in this church. I'll guarantee you that. We are accountable to God and account accountable to each other. And every penny that comes through this church, it is, we are held accountable for it. I promise you that. Ain't nobody getting rich, and I'm going to tell you this. Uh, I, I can stand here and tell you that. I don't, I don't receive a penny, but I tell you what, I, I, I love the Lord. I love to serve him. I love to receive from him. I love, as you've heard me say before, and it's, it's kind of a jokey thing, but, you know, you shake that tree and them $100 bills will fall. It, that, that's kind of a scheme in life. That's kind of a scam. People will say crazy things, you know, and I say it in a joking way, but it's the truth. We can walk in victory in everything we do. You can walk in power. You can walk in authority. And God, uh, he will get the victory. Glory to God. Uh, he will bless and he will pour out his spirit upon our lives. Amen. So poverty is making the wrong decisions that bring consequences and a bondage in life. You know, the, the, the seven churches, I, there's two of them I pulled out. Smyrna, it says, I know your poverty I know at the moment your lack of material resources, but you are wealthy. And then you got the other churches there. There's the Laodicea church. Uh, you say, I am rich uh, and increased of goods uh, and have need of nothing, but you do destitute and poor. It literally means this, crouching and cringing in a beggarly attitude. Amen? You're never satisfied. 
Someone can hand you a million dollars and you still won't be sad. This type of person cannot be satisfied. You can hand them something and, and believe me, it's just I'll give you a great example. Somebody who wins the lottery. How many people have you ever heard that won the lottery that have been successful for the rest of their life? You don't hear those stories. You hear the story like this. They won the lottery. They won millions of dollars, and they gave it all away, and they lost it all, and they threw it all away, and it's in the dumps, and they have no more record of any of that money. I mean, if you don't believe me, look at Allen Iverson in the NBA. This man was one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. Had the ability to do anything he wanted to. This guy was so skilled, he could have played and he could have made so much money because of who he was and who he is uh, and what he did. He could have been successful in life. But guess what? The money gets squandered. It gets thrown away, put in all the wrong places because of a poverty spirit in that person's life. I don't know Alan Iverson. I don't know who he is. But, but the Bible says that we will be known by our what? Our fruits. And it's evident. Amen? It's very evident. So we can have great resources and be gripped with a spirit of poverty. Or we can be in the present moment, not have a great deal of resources, and be very wealthy because of the spirit of prosperity is on us. Now, this is not a spirit of prosperity that you hear preached in the big churches out there in this world where they just say, you name it and claim it. You want a Mercedes Benz, just go out there, lay your hand on that Mercedes Benz, and, and God's going to give you one. I know a preacher out there, he's smiling like me. He said, God will give you everything you want. I'm not going to say his name, but I think you know who it is. Well, God will just give it all. And I'm going to tell you something. Two weeks ago on a Sunday afternoon, I was so stirred up, I called his ministry and I talked to his number two person in charge. And it's a woman. I'll tell you this. She's a client of mine in Phoenix, Arizona. I know her. I said, Brenda, let me ask you. It wasn't you, Brenda. It was another Brenda. Don't get mad at me. It wasn't you. Her name is Brenda. And I got her phone number in here. If you want to torment her sometime, just come talk to me. We'll get her good. I cast the devils out of these people. I said, let me tell you something. What would Benny Hinn say about this? Oops. I just read his name. Sorry about that. Not really Sorry. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And the truth is in the Word of God. Amen? This is not a name it, claim it ministry. This is not, a, oh, I'm telling you what, I'm a millionaire because I said so. No, but we're millionaires because we are children of God, and His hand is upon us, uh, and we walk in righteousness, glory to God, uh, and He will provide for us. There was a man by the name of John D. Rockefeller. He had millions of dollars in the bank but he was eaten up with the spirit of poverty. Can you imagine having so much money? That's like that woman in Costa Rica in our church. She came to me and she said, Pastor, my house burned down last night. Oh, this woman had a need every single week. She was coming to the church and asking for money. She needed help in getting groceries and feed all those little, little wheelas, they call them down there, and all them little babies, and she's feeding them all. Pastor, we're hurting, we're hurting. We can't pay the light bill. We did all we could to help these families that were down there. They were poor. But this woman comes to me one Sunday and she says, Pastor, last night my house burned down to the ground. Now when she says her house, she's talking about ten walls and a dirt floor. These were people who lived in the ranchos. They did not have the things like you and I have today. You could live in the poorest house in the United States of America and it doesn't even compare to what these people lived in. Amen? She says, my house burned down. I said, oh my goodness, what are you going to do? She says, I don't know, Pastor, but I have to tell you something. She said, I had a coffee can, and I had about 75,000 American dollars in that coffee can, and it all burned to the ground. 
It all burned. And I got to thinking to myself, how in the world can you live so impoverished, impoverished and, and, and go without all your life and suffer and suffer and suffer when down in a hole in your ground you have money buried? This is what I'm talking about today. This is what uh, Rockefeller was dealing with here in this situation. Had all the money in the world almost dead when God taught him how to give. He was healed. Found out what it was like to be delivered from this spirit of poverty. But to be so old, not to even be able to do anything with it or to give it. We could start 50 churches in the DFW area next year if we had this miracle money that these people have. We don't covet their money. We just want them to get saved so they can see the vision and understand that we are a church planting church. We're not a church robbing church. We're not going to put a, a big mega church. You ever seen one of our churches in, 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 in rich areas? Yeah, Pastor, I think I'm called to preach the gospel. I think I'm going to go down there to South Lake, Texas. It ain't going to work unless you're one of these big wig preachers out there that's, you know, got the PHMDs and all those, whatever you call those things, and, and they're so smart they can't even see themselves coming down the street. But you ever know that some of the smartest people in the world are some of the dumbest? I'm going to get off of this subject for a minute before I get going on that one. Amen. It's crazy to me. And I've seen people that make thousands but can never make ends meet. It's an impoverished Beggar's mentality. I see it all the time. Every day. I'm in people's homes. I'm, I'm dealing with things that are going on in this city with our business. And I see it. And I'm, I'm, to me, it's mind-boggling. How can you live in a 17 to 20,000 square foot home and it's just you and your husband? Do you think that God is pleased with that? It's too big. There's a part of your house that's rotting. It's going to waste. There's, it's not being used. I mean, you can call us up. We'll, we'll make a mission house out of it. Glory to God. We'll put 13 bedrooms, and we'll put people in every single one of them rooms, and, and we'll charge them a rent and give it to you if that's what it takes. But, you know, they're not willing to do that because they're bound. They're holding on to something that is theirs, and no one's going to take it from them. Amen? A spirit that sees their mind and their soul. This sin came when Adam fell in the garden. God said this to Adam in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 and 19. He says, then to Adam, he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Verse 19 says, in the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Did you know that? Did you know that you were born of dirt and you're going back to the dirt? I don't care if you was born breach. You're going back to the dirt. And it ain't your say-so. It's God's say-so. 
It's his word. He spoke it into existence. Hallelujah. He didn't say, I want you to go make so many millions of dollars for yourself, uh, have the most beautiful home uh, and everything in the world that you can have uh, and go and chase it uh, and live like the devil while you're doing it. He doesn't say that to us. Nowhere in his word, but he does say that you can be prosperous in the things of this world. If you know how to give and you know where you're giving and you know where it's going, hallelujah, then you will be blessed. You shall be prosperous, saith the Lord. Amen. See, God has a plan that's greater than our plan today. Deuteronomy chapter 28, uh, verse 20 through 21. I'm only going to read to 21 there, Joelle, so please help me with that. In verse 20, it says, the Lord will send on you cursing, confusion, the rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and until you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. In verse 21 is that it? That was it? Man, I'm a fast reader, I'm telling you. Some of you school teachers are wondering how I even got through school. I'm wondering the same thing. <laughs> Hallelujah. But guess what? We don't have to be qualified to preach the gospel. He doesn't qualify, he qualifies the qualified. Eh? He qualifies you. He puts you, he don't care who you are or what you are. As long as you're preaching his truth, hallelujah, he will help you. Glory to God. Amen. So this scripture, and I want you to read all the way to verse 29 on your own time, but read that. But here he mentions, as we go further, cursing, he says, vexation, rebuke and all you set your hand to. Also, he says, pestilence, blight, mildew, drought, defeat, fear, confusion. And he says, you shall not prosper in your ways. Amen. In your ways. That means your desire. Listen, if, you're, if your desires do not line up with God's desires, then you're in a lot of trouble. You've got to make sure that whatever it is that you desire, it lines up with what God wants for you. Amen? So poverty is a spirit. God created Adam out of the dust of the earth, and he breathed it into the nostrils, and he, he breathed life into him. We know the story. We just read it. And man became a living soul. He became uh, uh, transcendent upon earth, uh, an, an expression of God's dominion, kingdom, and his government, a direct expression that came upon him. So God said this. He said, oh, the dust of the earth, you, you were formed, and to the dust of the earth, you are going to return. That's Genesis 3.19. We just read that. And because of sin, the transcendent uh, uh, quality was lost, now subject to the curse of the earth. Now all of a sudden, everything in this world, uh, it becomes so desirable for us. It pops up. Uh, it magnifies itself. And all of a sudden, now we're looking at things in the, in the worldly ways, uh, in, in the worldly eyes, uh, instead of seeing things the way God wants us to see them. Amen? Can I get a bigger amen? So there's something that now I want to look at the deliverance. There's a deliverance from this condition. This is not a gimmick or, or you know, you get some people, they, 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 they wear these crosses. And if you got a cross on today, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about someone down at the first church of the refrigerator. Hallelujah, man. But, you know, they think that the cross is their savior. In Costa Rica, we drive down the street and we see them. Man, they're doing this, uh, this uh, Catholic, you know, ritual prayer. It's, it's their prayer. It's what they do. I'm not knocking that. But that's not going to save you today. Amen? 
It's not going to save you. Listen, you're standing in lines for holy water. I, you know, this, I told the story this morning, but we were one time at the Catholic Cathedral in Costa Rica, and I'm telling you what, this place is beautiful. And we're standing there, and we look over there, and there's this line that goes from here all the way to Kentucky. And I'm telling you something, people are holding their jugs, empty jugs. They're, they're ready to fill up with holy water. You know, you get these preachers on television. They say, oh, if you send me $500 today, I will send you this feather that fell from heaven. Oh, you don't know, but this feather was on the back of Jesus. Oh, it was there, and all you got to do is touch it, and you'll be blessed and healed. And don't forget to sign over your, your mortgage to us. And don't forget, listen, that's the way the world works. And here are all these people at this cathedral. They're standing there, and they're in line, hundreds of people with these empty jugs, and they're standing there waiting to fill up their holy water because they truly believe. They truly believe that their bodies will be healed. They truly believe in the holy water. Not Jesus. Not in what he did on Calvary's cross. Not in the blood that was shed. All oh, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Not any of that. It was all about the holy water. And all of a sudden, somebody in the line yells out, Oh, there's a flood. And we look over, my wife and I, we look back, and there's all my kids running. And Evan Jones was with them, too. Landon's cousin, their cousin, he was there. They were running. They turned the, the valve, what do you call that, the, the, the water spigot. Thank you. They went over and turned it on, and they said, Dad, this isn't holy water. This is water from the spigot. Now, now I know some might be upset with that. I understand it's very disrespectful for my kids to go and do that. They got dealt with. They did. I dealt with them about it. I'm going to stop there because I don't want to get myself in trouble. But anyways, the truth of the matter is we need to look to Jesus as our healer. We need to look to Jesus as our, 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 our sanctity. He is the one, the reason that we are here today. He is the reason that we are alive today. It's to serve him, glory to God. It's not to drink holy water to be healed or turn over your car um, title so that you can be delivered and your family can be saved. I am sick and tired of the gimmicks that go on in this world today. Amen? You see, this is the ground for the breaking of, a, of spiritual poverty. We need to understand that. God accomplished it with his blood, with his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus became poor that you might have your needs met. Did you hear that this morning? He became poor so that we could have our needs met. That's the breaking of poverty right there. Knowing that Jesus has already paid the price. Not a money tree, as I mentioned before. You know, when you get saved, it, you know, it's not a gimmick. This is real. This is something that is alive. It's a spiritual deliverance that works at the very root of the problem. It's something that's at work in our life. It breaks the spirit of poverty. It breaks that spirit. It, it comes into our life. It lays hold of, of that warping of the personality and the mind. Something that's going on. There's a battle. There's a war in life. You ever notice the more money you try to make, the more of a mind battle you have in life? I, I'm just being really honest with you. I have never looked at my daily schedule and wondered how much money can I make today. I, I've never done that. I, I'm just being honest with you. I'm telling the truth. You know, it's not like when I come home and the wife's got her hand out like this. You know, hey, hand the money over. I'm just kidding. Mine doesn't do that. But I don't look at it that way. I look at it as, God, 
Thank you for your provision. Thank you for prosperity in my life. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in me. God, that you're using this nobody. The world sees us as nobody. When's the last time you heard it? We could all remember a time when someone says, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be able to do that because, you know, you've just made wrong decisions in your life. You'll never be a professional athlete because, you know, you just don't know how to dribble the ball. I got news for you. <laughs> I like to joke a lot when I preach, but when Pastor Blake played professional basketball in Costa Rica, and, and mind you, I'm a nobody. I am no good at basketball. But I played with those guys. And so my attitude was, ha, I get to play with these professionals. Oh, you better believe it. They knocked me on the ground. They blocked every shot that I shot. They hurt my pride. But deep down inside, I was playing with the big boys. So what does that tell me? I'm one of the big boys. Not because I'm great at basketball. Had nothing to do with it. It was because I was with them. And when you walk with Jesus, you're with him. When you're going through a trial in your life, you're with him. But not only are you with him, but he's with you. He says, I'm going to make a champion out of you. I'm going to take, you know, I, I started 30 years ago with this little tiny cleaning business. I had the greatest dream of dreams. I stood in the middle of the street just looking around. Oh, God, I'm about to marry the princess of my church, God. What am I going to do? I was a custom craftsman at trade. I had a degree in mechanical something they call it. I don't know. It had something to do with engineering and machine technology and all this garbage. I, I, I'm thinking, that is not for me. Why am I trying to be somebody to be a slave to uh, this job that's going to kill me and wear me down and beat me up? I'm not saying if you work hard. Listen, I work hard every day. I'm walking like this because I shouldn't be working right now with an injury, and I'm doing it, and I'm wrong, and I'm going to go to a doctor. I promise all of you that are staring at me. I'm going to do it. But if you don't realize that you're somebody, no matter what you're going through, young people, no matter who's trying to bring you down, you need to rise up. You need to rise up and be somebody. And that means if you could just sit on the bench. You know that team tried to hire me to be their, their mascot? And you know what? I was so dumb, I, I took it. I said, yeah, but you know what? Everybody's looking for a little bit of attention, aren't we? Everybody wants to be better. Everybody wants to grow. Everybody wants to, to do something that, you know, that, that, that is in the spotlight. Everybody wants to be somebody. But when you have Jesus Christ in your life and you surrender it all to him, you know, it's not like giving an offering. You tell people, hey, you know what? We're going to have an offering here. Stand, everybody stand. I like to tell people in Costa Rica, I told them all the time, you know what? If you have such a hard time giving, why don't you just, everybody stand up, reach in the pocket, and the person in front of you and just grab their wallet out and give some of their money today. Well, that's a great idea, man. I'd give a whole lot of your money to God. Isn't that crazy? But when it comes to reaching down in your own pocket, when it comes time to Digging out what you've worked so hard for? See, that's what God's looking for. 
He says, I'll take that poverty curse from you. He says, and I'll bless you with a gift of prosperity that no matter what you touch. You ever notice people that just love to help people? There's one right here. This man, Jacob, he's got a, you got a gift. It's a gift. And it's a blessing from God, Jacob. And God says, I have not, it's not that I've overseen it. He said, your blessing is coming. Your blessing is coming. And you know what? It's greater than you can even imagine. But it's coming. Hold on to the promises of God. Amen? Listen, God will lift us up. He will bless us if we can just understand that it has nothing to do with how much money I can make. There's so much money out there, we wouldn't know what to do with it all if we had it. But that's not what God's talking about. He's talking about a healthy marriage. When you look over here at Paul, every time they're at this altar, Paul and Brenda, I'm telling you, bless their hearts. That's an old Texas saying I've heard. They'll be up here at this altar. When we go to pray, guess what they do? They lock hands. They hold hands. They will grab each other's hand, and they are in agreement with prayer because God is the center of their relationship. I'm not just lifting them up. There's so many more out here. I'm looking at people that are miracles, people wearing ties that wouldn't have, wouldn't have ever worn a tie. I mean, we couldn't have paid you to wear a tie. And look at you now in the house of the Lord serving God. Your, tires, your finger's tired yet? Gabby, you're such a blessing. I got to take advantage of this. She played the piano for me when we pastored our church in Phoenix, Arizona. Man, we had a Holy Ghost time, didn't we? People got saved, delivered. We was singing and shouting, hooting like owls. It didn't matter what they thought. We just preached the gospel. If you haven't noticed by now, that's our vision in this place today. We don't want to see you once a month. We don't want to see you every three months. We want to see you every day. Keep on coming. Keep on. Keep on. Keeping on. Hallelujah. Let's bow our heads in prayer this morning. Hallelujah. Probably this afternoon by now. Lord, have mercy. I'm going to have to give my notes to you all so you guys can get the rest of the sermon. Praise God. I just let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost when I preach. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your mercy. We thank you for speaking to us. God, I pray that you would just touch every one of us in this place. Lord, to help us understand that this is more than just coming to church, oh God. It's more than just going to work. Lord, just making a normal paycheck. God, we surrender completely to you today. We ask you to take reign, take complete control of our lives today, God. Before I go any farther this morning, you're here today. You say, Pastor, I'm away from God. I'm not right with the Lord this morning. I've got some things going on in my life, and I'm not pleased. I, I, I want to surrender to the, to the Lord. I want to give my life back to Jesus Christ. If that's you in this place, all over the place, left to right, just lift your hand up. Put it up. Put it right back down. You say, Pastor, I want to be saved. I want to be set free from the lifestyle that I'm living just put it up and put it right back down. Praise God. I see these hands. How many more? Don't be afraid. Just put your hand up. I promise not to embarrass you. I'm not going to. Listen, this is about you surrendering to God and giving your life to him. How many more? 
all over this place. You say, I've got something that's not pleasing to the Lord, and I want to give it today. Just put your hand up. Put it right back down. Praise God. How many more? How many more all over this place? Praise God. Let's all stand to our feet this morning. I want to pray a prayer this morning. Young man, you lifted your hand. Can I pray for you? Come on down here. I want to pray for you this morning. If I can get a couple guys. Yeah, send them boys down here. All of them. Send them all. Come on. Q, come on down here. I want you all to help me pray for this young man. All you teenagers right here, come on. How old are you, young man? 17. Man, this is a future pastor right here. All these young men are going to come up here and we're going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for you, but they're going to stand in agreement with us, okay? Let's pray. Let's Church, let's pray. Let's repeat this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, I invite you into my life. Say it for me. I invite you into my life to be my Lord and my Savior. I love you, Jesus. I surrender to you right now. I give you my life. From this moment forward, I will praise you. I will live for you. I give you myself. I ask that you write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Set me free from every stronghold. Deliver me today to be in your hands, Lord, to live for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.